fans, Mike Singer and Tim Hyde here with uh, this week's Notre Dame football show on YouTube. Pod like a champion for those listening via audio only. Um, we're live to you on a Tuesday night. I'm out of town tomorrow um, buying a condo. So we're actually closing tomorrow. Nice. Uh, investment, little investment property. Um, so, yeah, I'm out of town tomorrow. But uh, glad that we could uh, go live tonight. Tim is uh, – Tim's playing Captain Dad. Oh uh, yeah, running around today. So I, I was just joking before we started recording. I think two minutes ago he was in downtown Boston, and now he's, you know, somehow flew home to. Uh, <laughs> How are you doing, my friend? Oh, doing good, doing good. Ready to talk some ball. Lovely Tuesday. Last week felt like we hadn't talked in a month, and it only been a week. This time, I swear we just talked two days ago. So this is gonna. This is like a super fast week. I loved Goolsby's interview. I watched. Um, uh, today actually i uh, got a chance to watch that that was awesome to hear him and uh, coach madison talk so i know we'll get into that and yeah dead life man it's summer i got kids doing 27 camps my wife signs them up for everything on earth and i was like as long as i get an hour to talk to all these notre dame fans i'm happy as a clam so let's enjoy some uh some chit chats tonight yeah i do want to plug a couple things before we uh move on of course the uh i'm gonna go uh full screen of singer here the the Notre Dame football preview. Um, you got this beautiful man, um, Sam Hartman, on the uh, on the front of it. So, uh, sorry for Pat Costanza. You just have to, you just have to believe me. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, bluegoldonline.com. Uh, and uh, you just, I guess, you can order a single issue right here. Can you buy it right here? Okay. So, what you'll have to do is go to the top here, 2023 football preview, and there you go. So uh, pick it up. You can get a digital copy for ten bucks right now, uh, or this bad boy, eighteen ninety five. And there is one hundred sixty pages. I mean, the pages are are glossy, right? I mean, this yeah. is not, you know, something that if you blow on it, it's going to rip. Like this is the good stuff. Mike Singer's even got a couple. It smells good too, Tim. Mike Singer's got a couple articles in here. Look at this beautiful spread here. Um, I don't know if, how well you guys can see it. You got Jim Flanagan, James Flanagan, you know, the picture of, uh, a Bryant Young, Bryce Young, Jerome Bettis is, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. So, you know, I wrote a couple articles in there the other guys do a lot more for the football preview than I do, but, uh, so bluegoldonline.com, please check it out. Um, does it smell like Under Armour? Mr. 2.0 says that's, that's, that's a good one. Uh, um my jay car says uh preview is on my desk Love um it. so sweet sweet um i appreciate you purchasing so um speaking of that i was like just reading the last couple of nights i just went back and uh because goolsby was doing with madison i went back and read a bunch of old articles with willingham davies last year with willingham so been reading a lot, a lot of articles from that yeah. 2001, early 02 period. So it's good. I'm telling you guys, for the Notre Dame history guys, it's good to have. And you go yeah. back someday and and uh, refresh your memory. Because I know guys have been talking about it on the message board. I was like, I got to go back and bust out the blue and golds. And how many fun. blue and gold magazines do you have in your house? I, I told you, Mike, I have every one since... When I was in the Marines, I was overseas in 92 in a beautiful downtown South Korea. And um, that was my first one. 
kid you not, I was freezing. They do mail call, and there's my first one in the that blue and gold envelope that's been around. Yep. It's probably six billion of them in the warehouse. The same ones from from back then. I have them all since '92. That's awesome. Yeah, '92. And your wife hasn't thrown them out. No, no. That's They're that's not. the most amazing thing about that because that <laughs> spring cleaning, you know, happens and she didn't thrown out. Jay Carr. I mean. It's funny because we're talking about CJ Carr later in the show. He says Mike sprayed his cologne on a page. Nice scratch and sniff bonus. That's hysterical. There's no way this is CJ's dad, Jason Carr, right? There's no way. There's, no, there's probably no way. But I feel like I should throw it out there. Jay Carr, I mean, maybe. Who knows? If it is you, Jason, what's going on? But I, I imagine it's not. Um, so, yeah. Uh, comment. I did tweet and post on the message board that I might have a surprise. Okay. Tim, why don't you tell people what the surprise is? I have no idea. That's right. Tim, I'll be honest. I have no idea. I've been so busy. I mean, I don't think you even texted me. No, so. I don't want it to. No, no that's a surprise for you too. Good. I like it. it it'll be, it'll be interesting. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say that. We'll see if it happens. That's why I'm not just saying it. Cause I'm not hundred percent sure it's going to happen, but whoever it is. Yeah. Call in. What do you no. mean? It, who said or video it was in. I'm sorry. Who, who, who said it was a person? I might have some new, you know, who knows? Who there knows? we go. There we go. A little AI. Little, um, is that what it is? A hologram of somebody? Jake R says, I must keep my ambient goodie. All right. All right. Keep your secrets. All right. Good to go. All right. Uh, we've got a few topics before we're going to get to some CJ car talk. Um, but uh, first, let's hear from our friends over. At uh, my perfect franchise. How about how about that, folks? Or if you are a displaced corporate executive, or if you're just wanting to put your career in your own hands, or maybe you're an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify, well, Andy Ludicky can help. Andy is a huge college sports fan and a franchise veteran, having owned multiple franchises and businesses. Using his expertise, Andy helps others find their American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. Call Andy, put your life and career in your own hands. All the information you can uh, find is at myperfectfranchise.net. Number to call 404-973-9901. Again, 404-973-9901. Best of all, Andy's services are 100% free to you. So what do you have to lose? Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. Jay Carr, people forget Mike. I met you at the Peyton Bill game. Okay, I remember you then. Yeah, you are not Jason Carr. <laughs> that is not Jason Carr. There you go. That um, is that the one that Freeman was at? You saw him on the sideline. I did. Yeah, was that a Freeman game? Okay. Yeah, Freeman and you know that. Leary were there. Um, so uh, yeah, it was a good time. Peyton Bowen. You know, someone posted on the board. I guess who was going around on the message boards? Oh, Peyton Bowen's coming. Is leaving yeah. Oklahoma. What was yeah? What was that? I didn't click. I'd be yeah, honest. That died out pretty quick. I, I, guess. I, don't on I don't know where these things start, man. Oh God! I was like, I'm not even touching that. Thing. I I I said I would begrudgingly look into it, and uh, I half looked into it, and there's nothing really there. So I, I no thanks. All right, first up on the uh, topic list, Tim. Oh, yeah. This was something that you were interested in. Um, was this? Phil Steele, uh, top 40 list. What, what's this about? Cause you had said like, th- there's some, there's some weight to this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there is. I mean, I, Horka, I think just wrote about it in a recent article as well. 
talking about, um, I believe it was Tyler, about um, the the percentage of, of, of steel. Steel's a magazine guy. He's been around for a while. Ever. He's yeah. one of the few guys that still does a ma- national magazine. They've all died out, which stinks. I have like another thing. I have like 40 sporting news is from over the years. So it stinks that they don't do those. Those are just great to lay on the, the couch, chill on the weekend, read those things. But with Phil Steele, I want to say the last 10, 12 years, someone let me let me read this blurb. I have Horka's article pulled up. And first, like Clemson's number two. I'll read you guys the top, you know, 20 here in a second. Yeah. But this is what Horka writes. Steele's prediction of the top 10. It's it's his prediction. It's yeah. not his own top 10. He's predicting what the AP top 25 poll will look like. And this is this is a blurb from Horka's article. You can find it at bloomgold.com. Steele has named all 10 of the preseason top 10 teams in eight of the last 14 years. He's put out his projection. It's crazy. That's nutty. Yes. In that span, he has hit on 134 of the top, excuse me, he has hit on 134 of the 140 top 10 teams. Last year, Steele predicted Oregon to be number 10. The Pulsers ultimately put Baylor in that slot. The Ducks came in at 11. Love it. I mean, yeah. so, I'll, <laughs> so let me read the top 20. For for podcast audience. Yeah, by the way, Notre Dame was in the preseason top ten last year, so obviously he didn't hit on that one. So there we go. Georgia, shocker. Yeah. Clemson, a little bit of a surprise. Michigan three above Alabama at four. Ohio State five. Penn State six. USC seven. So your future Big Ten. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, you have four schools in the top seven. It's crazy. Florida State, eight. Man, does that seem high. Nine, LSU. Brian Kelly's team right above Notre Dame at number 10. You got Texas at 11. A&M at 12. Wisconsin, 13. Washington, 14. Oregon, 15. And then Utah, Iowa, Oregon State, go Beavs. Uh, Tennessee, Oklahoma to round out the top 20. Oklahoma is at 20. Um, the side note on Oklahoma you guys have heard me say this before. It's been a while, but there's just some schools that always get ranked so high. And I'm so tired of the hype. North Carolina and Iowa state are the, I mean, every year it seems like those are the, Oh man, watch out for North Carolina and Iowa state. And they just never, they're always like a four loss team. And then Oklahoma is always, Oh, this is Oklahoma's year to win that. And they just don't, they just don't. I know. We we went over this a year ago, and my pick was being a West Coast guy is Arizona State. I I can't tell you how, that many, go? Times, how many times Arizona State's been in you know the top ten high, the top twenty, the this oh my god, and they just and they'll go five and seven. So even even this year they got the new hot young coach, you know the the QB. They the QBs. That's Rashada, I believe, right? The yeah, there's a there's a kid. Yeah, there. He was Drew, an eight and two starter last. Drew Pine beat the mighty Clemson, by the way, when they were ranked number. Yeah, one. I think Pine oh, had yeah. six completions that game, or something hey, like that. They all count, baby. It's all a win. It's all a win. But uh, yeah, mine's Arizona State. But uh, yeah, the, you know, going back to this article, it's just it's just it was those numbers. It's that percentage. Of, of how Phil still hits and yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, he's been on a bunch of podcasts lately. I've, I've been just Googling him, trying to find him because he's been talking about each and every team going to all their fan uh, podcasts and that. So breaking it down, you know, he, he's a fun guy to listen to big data guy, which is, which is interesting. And I just like, cause he's got Notre Dame top 10. So to me, when I see Notre Dame at 10, that's okay. He's saying they're going to go 10 and two. That's, that's how I look at a top 10 Notre Dame team is going to be 10 and two. They're not going to be nine and three. If they're nine and three, they're, 
down at 1820. It's just the way people are going to perceive with them. So 10 and 2, Notre Dame is number 10. If they're 11 and 1, they're a top five football program. So uh, with 10 and 2, he's pre- predicting them. So that means they're going to beat somebody. They're going to beat one of those big three football games, right? Or or is it two and one and they and they lose to Louisville or Duke, all these ACC teams, which I'm not I, I don't think Notre Dame's going to lose to any of those guys. So that's, that's just my humble opinion with the with the team that Indy has this year. So um, I found that fascinating. And obviously with the Clemson thing, he's just sticking the Dabo. Everyone acts like Clemson's down and the guys won 21 football games the last two years still. So, you know, he, he's getting into a little bit of that with them. And then he's really high on Alabama. And then with Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, he was just literally was just on a Big Ten podcast I was listening to a couple days ago. And he's like, he, he just flipped a coin between those three because they all play each other different venues. No one really has an advantage, according to him. And I'm with you real quick, Mike, on the Florida State because Florida State opens with LSU. Then a few weeks later, they're at Clemson. So them being eight, man, I mean, they're, I mean, they're going to have to split those and then basically run the table to be an 11 and one ACC division champ, whatever the ACC is doing this year. I don't even know. Um, so that's very, very high. I thought with Florida state, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And then uh, LSU with obviously Brian Kelly, this is low compared to a lot of the national polls. People mm-hmm. are talking about them being a, a final four team. So, but uh, you know, we'll see. It's just fun to start finally looking at rankings, talking football, Notre Dame camp starts. 27, something like that. So 26th, I think. So, yeah, just over two weeks. Yeah. So, you know, very exciting. So next week we'll need to do like a some kind of fall camp primer kind of deal, position yeah. battles. Let's do something like that next week. That sounds good to me. Yeah. I got a bunch of things on my mind. So, yeah, yeah definitely start getting into the, the football field. All right, let me uh, get to a couple comments before we move along. Uh, David's asking about Gerby Lambert. I, I literally j- – I recorded with Darren Pritchett a video about Gerby Lambert, uh, uploaded it, went and got a haircut, came back, fed the cats, and uh, and I'm on the show. So uh, watch that video is, is what I'm trying to say without plugging. I'm not. I told you I'm not clicking on anything between Lambert. Till Did the- you read the article this morning? No, I told you I'm not clicking on it, Mike. I All right, Tim, I, I think I'm just going to pull the article up and read it to you. I mean, I've got you for an I hour. Really, I for an hour so you're going to read this article, damn it. I posted last night. I'm not jinxing it. I love Gurby Lambert. He's been one of my, you know, him and, and uh, Asa have been my two must-gets in this class. So I'm not, I'm, I'm hanging loose. I'm hanging in the background. Not jinxing anything, Mike. Aren't I the guy that said the D, Notre Dame D-line was going to win the game in the Fiesta Bowl? So. I'm uh I I gotta lay back on a few predictions. Uh Wicked Bronco, what do you make of Bredell Richardson tweet about coming back to Notre Dame, even though he didn't make his top four? He's playing with us. Yeah. Uh I didn't even see this, to be honest with you guys. Bredell Richardson, receiver out of Tampa, says uh Notre Dame fans will be back soon. So um yeah, shoot him a text. All right, hey Wicked Bronco, why don't you hang tight? Let me shoot a text out. Shoot a text. I mean, I went on the on, on his uh, on three page and found a couple articles, and sounds like it's LSU, Florida State. I guess he's focusing on. I could I could be wrong. I I know LSU was on there, but uh, supposedly he took some official visits, and they're not updated on his profile. So unless he didn't go on those, 
but uh, yeah, I mean, Breedell was the the shocker one what, when he came out with his final group in Notre Dame. Yeah. There. Nah, yeah, yeah, but that was in May. You know, May is okay. less than two months ago, but uh, yeah, in recruiting terms, that's forever. Oh, it's Michigan. It was, LSU. it was LSU and Michigan were the two he was focusing on from what, you know, recent articles that we're talking yeah, it, about. It would be somewhat of a surprise. Like, I don't see it. But also, if his options have kind of dried up, maybe. You know, if you're announcing a Final Four at the end of May, you're, you're pretty close to committing. So maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe it hasn't. So, um, yeah, I don't have an answer for you right now. It'd be a heck of a third receiver, that's for sure, in this class. Let me send out one more text just so I can, my odds are better for uh, getting an answer while we're live here. I love it. Um. Hold on. Hold on. I like how someone said, hold on. Yeah, someone says, will, will Mitchell Evans be the next Michael Mayer? Interesting. Well, we're going to find out. He's going to be the main guy. Yeah. What do you, do you see my uh, talking point the other day about uh, Cooper Flanagan? I think he might be a, a surprise of this class. Yeah, because, I mean, we've, we've talked about this with, you know, Bauman's been injured, you know, more often than not. You know, you still got Raritan, who's a freak athlete, but back-to-back ACL injuries. How fast do you run him back? And then it stays in Evans, you know, when you look at it. So it's – um, yeah, Flanagan, obviously, he's coming from De La Salle, hard-nosed football program, big-time, you know, coaching goes on up there. So he'll come in just like every other De La Salle guy that's come to Notre Dame, ready to roll on day one. So yeah, I like that prediction because he's a guy who could probably be – a goal line blocker, a guy who gets in there on rundowns. Do they do some 12 personnel if uh, some of the wide receivers don't pan out? So, yeah, it's definitely a nice prediction. All right. I already got a text back on a Bredell. Um, There's – and I'll, I'll – in Wicked Bronco, I'll write about this in Lucky Charms tonight um, oh, as well. I'll, I'll um, let me just make a note. Bredell. I'll click that article as long as Lambert's not in there, Mike. I will click that one. Um, yeah, a little Lambert's in there. <laughs> Lambert, I, I already wrote half a Lucky Charms today, and uh, Lambert's the the first half. So sounds um, good. Tim, you're killing me. I know, um, I know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, there's something to it, but it's not like a full court press just yet. If that makes sense. Wicked Bronco Productions drops twenty dollars super chat. Appreciate that, my friend. He says, "Did my own interview with Nathaniel Owusu." A Boateng, the I, I believe it's a brother of, of Jeremiah Usu Cormo. Okay. And my favorite quote was location doesn't mean anything in my recruitment. Location and weather doesn't matter if you have that dog in you. I love that as well. Um, do you think he ends up at Notre Dame? Jeez, Wicked Bronco Productions is dropping. Hey man, yeah. dropping yeah, on the I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, Nathaniel also said volunteer without me asking. NIL money doesn't matter to me either. I've seen what Notre Dame can do firsthand for my brother, JOK, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I can do the same thing. Seems like a heavy Notre Dame kid need more. Uh, just, I don't know exactly what the end of your sentence was here, but just, you know, can you can just drop another comment. You don't need to do another super chat, dude. I uh, appreciate all the support. But um, do I think he ends up at Notre Dame? He still hasn't been to campus yet. Yep. So that's the big one. Uh, he just transferred to IMG. That's not been a super friendly place for Notre Dame. 
I don't think, I mean, the who's the last player Notre Dame signed at IMG? They had Greg Crippen committed, remember, when they kind of – Yeah, name a couple of years ago. I mean, was it him? Uh, oh for lack of a better term. Was that yeah, means he was a Pennsylvania kid, right? Yeah, Houston Griffith was Chicago. Was Tony Jones? Tony Jones was earlier than that. Yeah, so you're talking 2019 uh, prior. So it's been years. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, um, Griffith was, what, 18? Was it 18? 18, 18. Yeah, and then um, – It's been a chunk. Yeah. Right, that's a while, especially with all the talent they always have. And Notre Dame's always recruiting guys yep. there. So yeah, you're looking at several years ago. But um, good quotes. Look at Bronco Productions, a uh, aspiring aspiring journalist. So uh, yeah, appreciate it. Always in our, always in our, uh, always in there. Uh, and another one. I think that's fifty bucks now. Look at Bronco Productions. It says credit credit me for the breaking Breedell stuff. Uh, just kidding, man. Go get you a chicken quesadilla meal on me, my guy. Hey, I appreciate it. I hope my wife's listening because this means that, uh, you know, we get to go eat Taco Bell soon. Maybe, <laughs> maybe tomorrow my road trip. Um, all right. Really appreciate you guys uh, with, with all the good comments, especially with Bronco Productions with Super Chats. Um, yeah, just one more thing before we get to CJ Car Talk, Tim. Um, it, the interview that we did, uh, it was Friday and the, and the, it aired on Monday, the interview with Greg Madison, who uh, recruited Mike Goolsby, our, uh, our esteemed colleague and, and former Irish captain linebacker. You know, they got the, they talked it up on, you know, for a good half hour. Did you have any thoughts, reaction to, to anything else in that interview? Oh, the best, I mean, my favorite part was the best football teams go to the playoffs not the rankings i love that out of madison since everyone's always so obsessed even those guys i i i just like the way he he phrased that but uh yeah. uh no you know what it's um no i mean it was really good i really enjoyed his talk about uh, at least during him i mean once again this is coming from him his time his experience the the coaches hit you know he's been around you know people also got to remember you know greg madison at notre dame was a part of three top five classes, you know, Willingham's in 03. And then he had Davies in 98, 90, 98, 99 were back-to-back top five classes. So he's a part of some groups that grinded out there on those recruiting trails. You'll get some dudes. And that's what he was talking about. And I really liked how he got into the coordinator. There's a point where the coordinator has got to go get a guy and sell his vision, his philosophy for what he sees in that guy. So I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, I like the, you know, the, you know, the talks about just, you know, sometimes, cause this is what, you know, Goolsby and I, and you, when we talked last time we all got together was who is Notre Dame's go-to guy. Do they have a go-to guy on that staff? And, and I liked how Madison was like some, I mean, more often than not, at least once again, in his experience, it's, you'll know early with some of these guys. And if you're not hitting it off early, you're, you're going to struggle. So it doesn't matter sometimes if it is a go-to guy on the staff. So I found that interesting. And I loved, you know, talking about the coordinator talk where he was the main guy for Tim Tebow. I found that fascinating where there was a point in the recruitment. And he was like, I'm done. You guys need to go take care of him. You're the offensive guys. I'm out of this recruitment. He's all yours. And he backed up. And I really, really enjoyed that part of the conversation. Yeah, it was definitely good. And uh, again, you guys can check it out on our Blue and Gold YouTube page. Would uh, definitely recommend um, you guys doing that. All right, we're going to get into some uh, CJ Carr uh, rankings talk. I mean, it's just very, very 
Um, exciting stuff. Rankings. Tim, Tim, we we love talking recruiting rankings. It's our favorite thing to do. Seriously, it is like it is wild, and it is like going. It, it, it's it it's crazy. It's what it is. It's when it gets nasty. It's like I I got people taking shots at me. Like I'm like, bro, you have as much to do with CJ Carr getting ranked where he is than I do. Like what? I mean, maybe a little bit more. You know, I I, I will shoot footage and send it to three people. Yeah, "Yeah, here's. But other than that, but it is. It's wild, just how it's so obsessed with just one guy. Like CJ Carr is six Joe Montana's coming. I mean, that's you know, just to be goofy there, but it is wild. It how is. I, I haven't seen this the passion. I mean, I, I and this is yeah. I've 21, two, this is my fifth recruiting class cover. I've never seen the it this this passionate about a player. Um, so we'll talk about that. Uh, but we're gonna hear from our friends, uh, real quick. Before we dive into it over at a Rogue Shop. Uh, it's the husband and wife outfit. as Mr. Rogue and his wife, Shard Craft Cannabis Farmers, who specialize in small batch sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic type of small business. They grow, they farm and grow everything themselves and do everything uh, by hand. Tim, I know we sent you these earrings. You gotta you gotta wear them on uh, on our show next week. At least I think those are earrings. Yeah, they farm and grow everything themselves, uh, do everything by hand, and their website to visit is rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E, shop.com. They sell everything from CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, and more. Check out their website, rogueshop.com. They have a 24-7 chat function where customers can ask Mr. Rogan Shar any questions that they have. Check them out at their website, and if you have issues, sleeping, chronic pain, anxiety, stress issues, that is the... Um, the place to go check out and learn more about. If you use that promo code blue and gold, all in one word, you will get 10% off your order. So please do um, check that out. All right, Tim. Your recruiting rankings. So I was, I was looking at this. There are several Notre Dame commits who on three ranks higher than the industry. And it's like, some are lower, and then some are right in the middle. But the ones that on three has ranked higher, I think, are pretty interesting. Cam Williams, I mean, it's not a crazy difference, but, I mean, he's the 30. And we're just going to look at national rankings for this because, like, some websites will list a player as a linebacker and on three yeah. has it as an edge or, you know, on three has it as an interior lineman. They have as a tackle or vice versa or whatever. So we're just going to look at national rankings for this. On three with Cam Williams, 35 overall. The other three at 52, 51, 49. Obviously, cars an outlier in the in the bad direction. Tay Johnson is right around ESPN, so not a whole lot of an outlier. Really, the outlier there is rivals having him as the top 60 overall player. There's a big one, Kedron Young, the number 92 overall player. Um, 24-7 as a four-star outside the top uh, that are their national rankings. Uh, and then ESPN and Rivals, you know, 212, 217. Logan Thomas. I think this is one of those where maybe another website doesn't list it differently, but his national ranking is highest on, on, on three, 168. The others are 186 twice. And then 231. Micah Gilberts is pretty standard. Aeneas Williams on three has um slightly higher. I mean, than a couple, it looks like, but our rivals and outlier rank them. Hold, hold on to just, just yeah, yeah. A, a couple more to get to styles. Press they, these three are the big ones here. Yeah. Um, before we, we talk to your car, 
Styles Prescott, Andre is ranked number 179 nationally. The I think this is 24-7 as a three-star rivals, three-star ESPN four-star outside of national rankings. That's a huge disparity. Bryce Young, same, two of them three stars, one four-star outside of the rankings, on three, 194. Anthony Knapp, look at this, Tim. Three-star, 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 on three, 184 nationally. So it's just like I have people. I had a guy tweet me yesterday and was just like, I'm not re or I'm not listening to Mike Singer anymore unless he leaves on three because when guys commit to Notre Dame, they drop in rankings. I'm like, who is saying this? Is it some other Notre Dame YouTube channel? Is it just people on Twitter? Like, who is saying this? It's so wrong. You can't just look at the CJ Carring be like, oh, on three hates Notre Dame. You, did you guys just go through that exercise with me? That you know, the rest are kind of that three star, low four star. There's not really national rankings to compare. No. Um, but I mean, we just went through some of these like four star guys, and six, six of them where on three is ranked the highest. That's a good bit. So on three needs to calm down with their Notre Dame positive bias, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's all about the one guy. It's all about the one guy. I, and but, I get that. It's the quarterback. Yeah, it, it's it's the quarter. It's the quarterback. And um, I mean, it's 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 getting to a point where it's almost like it, it is. It's almost like it's comical. We're like, no, you know. And who's to say that two four seven? Because someone wrote in the in the chat. Well, they have him here. Well, who's to say that's right? Correct. You know, just because they have them ranked higher, it means they're 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 correct. That you know, this is what you know cracks me up sometimes. And then I sent you a text last night, Mike. The 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 Florida there there there's the uh, Florida Gator fans are losing their they're, mind. They're outraged. Seven, what's that? They're outraged. Oh, they're outraged. Seven out of their top eight recruits. This is Florida Gators who are ranked like third or fourth in the country right now. They're so high. Yeah. Seven or I think it was seven of their top eight. Their guys dropped in the on three rankings, and Florida fans are just going crazy on Twitter. So it's not just Notre Dame; it's all. Around. I even found some Alabama people going nuts. Like, how is my guy not in the top? All eight? right, I, I even I have more. this article saved on my phone. I don't know why I've had it saved for a year. <laughs> this is a Miami website. How much longer are we going to put up with on three's bias for? I mean, it's just it's literally everyone. And the, I think the big reason for this is because there are disparities. I was yeah. listening to Charles Power. He did an interview with a Florida um, YouTube channel. Um, and he said, I don't care what other websites rank. And I'm like, good for you, man. You know? And people are talking about like the Kingston Viliamuasa ranking. Yeah, that is. I, I don't understand it at all. I I, I, don't. I, I, think, I think the car yeah. ranking's wrong. This is this I is think crazier. the Kingston one's crazier. Yeah, this uh, this is crazier to me because obviously I'm I'm a I'm a SoCal guy. I'm biased as could be. He's the best linebacker in the best in the best high school league, the best high school program. It's four year starter. On and on and on and on, and he's not even top three hundred. That's maddening. Where real quick, Mike, you know I just went over the top one hundred in the on three. It's like Paul Menke is in the top like seventy. Are you? So Paul Menke is going to Duke. Is a better football player than awesome. Uh, All right. Well, the that, that where they're going doesn't matter because Mankey could end up at Notre Dame and Kingston might too. So where they're going doesn't matter. True, but, but I just found that 
but but there are a handful. And uh, one of the biggies was uh, was Chris Cole, who was like ranked 900 a few months ago, and now he's in the top 50. So there's a handful I found interesting uh, when looking at it. But you're right, it's an outlier. And I just when I talk to people, you know, and they and they talk about rankings, I'm like, dude, it's one of four. Every all all these people have their own ideas, their own film eval. This guy may have not not even played football, and he's and he's ranking noter, uh, ranking football players. Let's say, and that and that happens. I mean, these aren't a bunch of ex coaches and college football players that are doing rankings now. So uh, that's just my little opinion right. on some of these. Yeah, in terms of pedigree, I know Charles. Like my understanding is Barton Simmons left twenty four seven for Vanderbilt. Randy. And then Charles Power ran 24-7 scouting before coming to on three. So, I mean, he, yeah. if you're like, oh, 24-7 is better. I mean, Charles literally did 24-7's rankings for well, like that, a few years. So, I mean, there's there's that. Exactly. So, the odds of him taking Barton, who's obviously now in SEC school, helping Clark Lee recruiting. So, the odds of Charles Power using his formulas are probably pretty high. So, if everyone loved him at 24-7 – yeah, I mean, I'm sure he tweaked a few things because it's it's his job. It's his little yeah. outlier that he wants to do. But he learned from a guy who's now a recruiting coordinator in the SEC. So yeah. well, Cody, Cody Belair is Charles Power's right-hand man. And, you know, he was, a, a, a I think his role is director of high school scouting. He, I think he did it at LSU, Texas Tech. Like, I mean, this, I've said this before, like the, the services – I call, I just said, I just broke one of my pet peeves called him. We're not, I don't think we're a recruiting service. We're who are we serving? I mean, fans, I mean, we're, no. we're, we're a media website, but yeah. the ones that, you know, your, your scouts, you guys are doing the rankings are also reporters. That's the word. You can't do that because if, uh, you know, if Justin Scott is texting me back and doing all these interviews with me, I might rank him a little bit higher, but what if he just doesn't ever talk to me? And I, I, I let my bias get in the way and I rank him lower. Like some of these websites do that. Like I'm not all right. Maybe I shouldn't say they're doing that because I'm not going to say that. But well, I mean, that... I think though it's it's very much possible. So like Charles and I don't know if Charles Powers talking to CJ Carr. I don't think he ever does. So he can be removed. Like there's no relationship part about it. Strictly the scouting. And again, folks. Hey Tim, do you think he should be the number 14 quarterback in the country? Yes or no? No. No. Do I? Heck no. I think he's like in that five to seven to eight range somewhere in there. But I like, I think that w- w- in this country we should be able to have real discussions and conversations about this instead of just attacking people in threats on Twitter. Like it's just, it's kind of disheartening about just people like that. We get so offended. The only person that should really get upset about this is CJ, and yeah. I, I. Not gonna lie to him, I kind of like it. I kind of, I kind of hope he gets that chip on his shoulder. And it's like I want to prove those idiots wrong. Like I kind of hope he does that, you know. Well, that's why I've, I started going back just the last couple of days as well, and I'm, I'm going in the, the Kenny Minchie camp on this. It's like, why in the world was he the 183rd ranked player? Correct. Why was he ranked so low? Here's a guy that went to the Elite 11. Here's a guy that won the pro day. Over there, he's the one that won, you know, all the accuracy challenges last year, and he didn't get no elite eleven bump because he was a pit quarterback. Is that what it was? So, I I went back and rewatched Minchie's film, and I'm just like, oh my god, everyone's forgetting about this guy. This guy's one heck of a quarterback who was totally under 
under uh, you know valued. I felt when you look at him last year. So, Notre, you know, at the bottom, at the end of the day, my gosh, you know, Notre Dame's getting two back-to-back outstanding quarterbacks that are coming here to battle, and hopefully one of them showcases enough talent to be the guy. So Freeman doesn't have to go out and get another transfer. So it is, um, it's it's a wild situation, but. Two really good quarterbacks. All right. That surprise might be happening soon. I don't know, folks. This is this is live television. This is how things go. All right. You bring up the Minchie thing. It's interesting. Yeah. I love Minchie. His film is elite. So for folks watching on YouTube, I did my best to kind of put a side-by-side here. Um, the on-three ranking for Minchie, 184 national, 17 quarterback, um, which ESPN there says five, but again – they have dual threat and pro style. Yeah. That's the stupidest thing. I, this isn't 2006. Like, come on, people. Like, yeah. they're all quarterbacks. They all, for the most part, need to be able to move. Um, so you just you just do quarterback. But uh, yeah, 184, 17, and then the others are pretty comparable. On three is right in the middle there. Uh, and then the on three ranking for one for cars 192 and 14. So a little bit higher for CJ in the the quarterback ranking, and then. Um, yeah, you got, I, I'm not a huge fan of national rankings. I don't, I mean, you're, you're comparing a guard to a quarterback national rankings. It's, it's really not that, uh, it's really not that interesting, but, uh, yeah, it, you know, I think with Minchie, it's like, oh, you flip them from Pitt. He, he's not ranked super, super high by any of these rankings websites. So, you know, it, there's not outrage from that, but with Carr, because, he was so hyped early, and he does have such high rankings. There's much more outrage. That's kind of my thoughts on that, Tim. What do you think? No, I I know. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm reading the comments and some read the comments. Says, Never read the comments. Yeah. I know the guy says on three is never correct. Well, then this guy's not going to like Jeremiah Love and Kedron Young, who are top 100 according to on three. So that means they will be bust. So I'm sure this guy was not happy. Who was uh? I mean Jeremiah Love committed then. So. I guess that's going to be bad since they're constantly wrong. But uh, it's, I don't know, it's this whole ranking thing and the ratings things is is fascinating. So yeah, I mean, Carr's a, a national top fifty. I mean, what's his composite there in the forties or whatever? So all right, going back to Minchie, he was in the one eighties or whatever. Sometimes you watch film and you know, two guys look the same at times. All right, so um, you know, someone told me they were like, Mike, why don't you get Charles Power on the show? And I was like. What can Charles say about CJ Card that he hasn't already said? I mean, I interviewed him every single day. I felt so bad every single night being like, Charles, you need to send me a quote on CJ Carr, man. Every single day. Oh. I've so many times. So but I figure I shoot the guy a text and just say, Hey Charles, like you want to pop on our show and just get uh-huh. roasted by Notre Dame fans? So <laughs> exactly. Charles, hey man, I know Charles that on three is only two years old, but this guy says on three has been wrong for the last right. five years. I don't even yeah. know that's possible. Um, Charles, you doing okay, man? I know rankings day. I mean, rankings weeks are tough on me because uh-huh. of all the crap that I have to deal with from your rankings. Are they, are they have to be tough on you too. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, you have emotions. Like, well, I, I think this one's, this one's interesting because the interest we've seen, in this one, um, which is a, the July like offseason ranking, which is before the senior year, which for us is, I think it's like so important to stress that the most important evaluation points have yet to occur. 
in these rankings. We're like six months out from our final rankings. Uh, but, but the interest in this is unlike any July ranking that I've ever been involved with. And that dates back to like working at 24 seven sports. Um, and, and I think a lot of that's just cause like just the traction on three has, we have like a really big following on social media. Uh, we're also the first ones to put this out. Um, so, and, all, and I think maybe most importantly, there's so many, more, so many more of these prospects are committed now. So this is, I think it's just kind of, the interest is kind of blown up on it. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it's, I've, I've been, I've been, I feel like I've been talking about rankings all day. So uh, I figured why, why not, why not a little more? All right, Tim, I'll let you come up with some questions, ask Charles. I have a few and I'm really just kind of putting Charles on the spot with a lot of these. I'm going to have to mention that. Um, so Charles, I probably see you what? probably bump into each other in person, what, three, four times a year or so. And I yeah. get on the phone with you every once in a while. Yeah. Just so just, I need to answer this completely. Honestly, when, when we talk about CJ Carr, what do I tell you? Uh, make CJ Carr the number one player in the country. There you go. I mean, folks, if you're saying Mike Singer's not going to bat for CJ Carr, I mean, you're crazy. <laughs> I mean, people are like, Mike, when are you going to speak out against Charles power? And all they're like, what do you want me to say? Like, I think you should be right tire. I say it all the time. So, I mean, Oh, yeah, catching the strays. All right, more rapid fire questions. Do you hate CJ Carr? Let's just let's just lay it out there. Do you hate? <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know he, he beat you up at something yeah. or you know do you, do you do you hate the kid? Yeah, it's it's funny. You know, I think doing this, I, I've literally I think you, you eventually get accused of of disliking every every school <laughs> and all their commits. So, um, but but I mean, I it's one of those deals where like I just like I I I love the job so much as any, like I'm, you know, it all comes to the territory and I, I just like, like watching football and uh, seeing all these guys. And it's one of those deals where I think, you know, um, the, I, I, the, the thing that I root for the most, I root for our rankings to be accurate, but I also root for these guys to make it easy. Like I, I root for them to really make it easy on us uh, to leave no doubt. Um, you know, I, I, I said earlier today, like a guy like Bryce Young, that was an easy, that was an easy ranking. Like he was a guy yeah, nominated every setting. Like, you know, it was, it was not hard, even though he's five foot 10, the guy's like a physical outlier. Um, it was, it was, it was not hard. And like, there is like, there's no like real set way of doing this. Like there is, I think what, what makes it fun to talk about and what makes it debatable uh, and what makes it the fact like you, like AI couldn't rank players is like there's a there's a there's a science to this but there's also an art to it like as we all know like you have to like kind of be able to discern the film and stuff like that and um it's highly subjective but we just try to do it as transparently as, as fairly as possible so um but 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 yeah like i heard what y'all were saying kind of before i came on um you know i i think if if you were to put kenny minchie in this quarterback class this cycle which i think this 2024 cycle is um really like lacks the the depth that, that we saw from 2023 at the same stage. I think if you were to put Kenny mentioning this cycle, he's a guy who would probably be knocking as like a top 100 type of prospect. Really? Um, yeah. Like, like, like with, with him, the biggest thing with Kenny Minchie, like, like we ranked Kenny Minchie as a four star when he was committed to Pitt. Um, and like, I think the biggest thing with him, I think he would have had more potential to rise had he played either played more of a senior year. I think he played four games or had we gotten to see him in, in an all-star setting again um you know coming out of the senior year but um it would not like i i i would probably put him as the favorite in the clubhouse to be like the 
the quarterback of the future at Notre Dame. Um, it's in my opinion. Like, I, I think I'm like really bullish on him. I think he showed the positive signs. I think he would have liked a, like a little bit higher, like a little bit larger sample size, but um, I, I really am a fan of his. And I think, um, I think you might look back on his ranking and say, a guy, he, he's a guy who should have been higher. So uh, I just, I don't know. I just wanted to add that caveat yeah, where I, I'm, sure. I'm like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty high on, on Minji. Yeah. And um you know, someone tweeted me yesterday. I don't know if you heard this part of the show, or someone's like, "I'm I'm not listening to Mike Singer anymore because, you know, on three ranks, all the Notre Dame, all Notre Dame commits lower after they commit to the Irish." And I was like, "Dude, we just went through an exercise where, I, like, you have several, you know, you and Cody Beller have several Notre Dame commits ranked much higher than the industry. Yeah. There's much lower. And I want to get to that in a moment. Another rapid fire question: Is there any fan base that, that doesn't hate you? Like, um. There's like, some that probably hate me less. less yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's I don't know. It's one of those things where like, like I, I think at, at this point, like I like I understand when we're different on prospects. Like I understand why they why, why fans would want to know. Like I mean, like I, if I was a fan of a school, like I would want an explanation as well. So I actually like, in a weird way, like enjoy explaining all of this. And and it's one of those things where like. I cannot stress enough. Like we're like really fluid. And, and if we see something that, that really changes our, our opinion or changes our like, like long-term projection on these guys, which is ultimately like an NFL draft projection, like, like we're going to do, like we're going to effort to, to make that change. Um, so I, I think like, and, and there's dozens of prospects here that, that happens on the, the, the thing is, you know, there's like using CJ Carr as an example, he's like extremely high profile prospect um, given that he's, you know, a quarterback committed Notre Dame. He's ranked highly elsewhere. Uh, He's the grandson of Lloyd Carr. I mean, he's just been a big name for several years. So, um, you know, like Jaden Davis at Michigan is very similar. Like he and CJ Carr are like ranked like virtually back to back. Um, And another who has been on the radar since he's in ninth grade, had a ton of offers, big name, high profile recruit, ranked at by some as the number one prospect in the country uh, as a ninth grader. Um, so, you know, some of this is like early rankings are tough, man. Like they're like super tough. I I don't have, um, you know, I I have a lot of sympathy and, and understanding for college coaches who have to make these evaluations when, when these quarterbacks are like in like tenth grade. Like they're forming their boards and it's so accelerated and it's like a rat race to try to get your quarterback. Um, whereas for us, we had the luxury of sitting back, watching these guys as seniors, uh, seeing them in national all-star games and really drilling down on like how good we think they could be, how high of a draft pick they think they could be. And I think that advantage a lot, like that's why you see that kind of timeline. The developmental timeline is why you see guys like, uh, Patrick Mahomes, a Justin Herbert. I mean, even like a, like, you know, J- Joe Burrow was a low four star. Like why you see a lot of these guys outplay their recruiting rankings and maybe their recruiting like capital or kind of whatever you would assign to them in terms of like how heavily they were recruited. You see like, you, you, you see those guys pop. And a lot of it is because 
what they showed as a senior, like Riley Leonard, the quarterback for Duke, who is being mocked as a first rounder. Uh, now he's kind of like considered, I think by most like, or, you know, I think he's probably the the third quarterback after Caleb Williams and Drake may in this draft, or at least going into the, the fall. He's a guy who some thought was like a tight end recruit going into his senior year. And like, I remember going back and watching his senior stuff and kind of just throwing like a, a four-star rating on him. And he's like, might be a first rounder. And mm-hmm. he like, he, he, he like, I don't think he had a ton of power five offers, like ended up at Duke. So it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of a phenomenon, I think in college football recruiting, where the, the, the recruitment doesn't necessarily dovetail with overall development. So that's why we like really focus on the senior year and you'll have guys. I mean, you'll have guys like a CJ car, like this, the, the light might come on for CJ car and he might dominate. And if he does, he's going up. Like there's, we'll have no hesitation in him going up. So I, I that, that's kind of, I guess my spiel on there's a long, there's a, a lot more meat on the bone left to go, even though a lot of these guys recruitment, like they're like, they're in the barn for, for their schools. Yeah. So this was, I, I teased a surprise just cause I, Charles told me he's probably going to come on and, and I, was, I was very happy that he did. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pop on some film for YouTube audience. This is actually the elite 11. Um, I, I got some of it from, from some folks uh, who were there from all three that sent it to me, but yeah, just the, the ranking of CJ as the 14th overall quarterback, that 91, um rating just can you can you break down like what you see on his film and then you've yeah. seen him what two three times in person mm-hmm. yeah um so that group of that cluster of 91 quarterbacks we kind of grouped all those guys together to kind of set the pecking order going into the senior year just based off what we've seen so far and a lot of it was like off of seeing them in person at, at the elite 11 that's really kind of that order is really kind of how i would have it I think based out of the elite 11, you, when you start with kind of with Ethan Grunkemeyer, the, the Penn state commit and kind of and go down to Jake Merklinger, there's like a, a cluster in our rankings that are like, if you look at the 91 quarterback rankings, it's like from like 175 to 200, maybe. Um, and I, I think Carr, I, I think with Carr, he is extremely accurate. Uh, probably the most polished quarterback in the cycle uh, relative to just, you know, his technique, his accuracy um, and all of that. So um so I, I think he's just very, very good, very accurate in, in confined like settings. Um, when when you kind of throw live defenses in, the performance probably I think could get better. Uh, we saw that at the Elite Eleven. He uh, was extremely good in the pro day. Um, was 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 good in, in drills. When things went to seven on seven, not quite as good. When, when you add DBs to the equation, I think he's a guy who just has a lot of polish, a lot of refinement, and really will benefit from playing. I think he just needs to relax, play. Quarterback is a performance craft, and I think that's something where, like, you know, he, I think he'll like he could. He, I think he's just going to benefit from playing high school football. That was one thing where, like, I think when it was being talked about that he might reclassify. Like, I'm. I, I think if you look at the reclassification for quarterbacks, it just does not do you favors relative to development. If I recall, like, he's only been playing football for like two or three years. Like, he's still actually pretty new to the game. Is that something? Yeah. Like- so, so, so I think that was going to help him. Like, and it, it would like that's not shocking that you say that to be honest. Like. Like, but I, I think he's, he's really technical. Like the, the, just the polish, like all of that is like the drills are easy for him. I think the biggest thing is just going to be continuing to play read defenses, re leverage, um, handle pressure. Those are all things that, that I, that I would like to see him Im- improve on. And I actually thought like he, he showed some positive signs at the end of his junior year. Like if you look at some of those playoff games he played in, like they might, like they might have, like I think it was like the one they lost in. They, I think they were playing like maybe Bryce Underwood's team. Like he, he had a, he had a, some, some, some resiliency and impressive plays in that game. So, um, 
I think it's possible he come out and play and play really well. And if, and if he does, he's going to go up. Like, I, I think that's the case with all those quarterbacks. Like that's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it, it's a little hard to predict what's going to happen. Like you just, I think have to take it in and we watch it week to week. Like we'll have a update the first, after the first like month or so of the season. But the, the, the big one, I think with the, with the quarterbacks in their senior years is going to be probably the one around like Thanksgiving. And, and, if, and especially the final one too. Charles, there's so many things that keep popping up to my mind. I want to talk to you about, Okay, so you see the rankings for CJ Carr at Rivals 247 ESPN. They're so high. How like how do you like deal with that in your job? Because like you don't rank kids based on offers, but if some kid randomly blows up like a Chris Cole for example, he comes out of nowhere, just picks up all these offers, I'm sure it's natural for you to be like, "Hmm, I'm not going to rank him based on those offers, but I'm probably going to look closer at him." Right? For and about, well, I'm going to like, hmm, maybe I should really take a close look at this kid. So like, how, how do you let some of these out, outside influences, you know, factor into your rankings, especially with Carr in mind that, yeah, you did rank him. I mean, when your initial 24 rankings came out, I mean, he was one of the players that we knew the most about. So like naturally yeah. he's going to rank higher than, you know, the, you know, the other kids who are just coming on the scene in the soft yeah. season, maybe. So but still, how do you let like like you probably don't want all the hate on social media? You're a human being. Yeah. <laughs> well, how do you kind of handle all that? Yeah, I, I think it is one of the most difficult things about this is you are doing these rankings in real time while these guys are, you know, start when the starting when some of them are 15 up until they're 18. And it's like it would be like doing an NFL mock draft for college freshmen is basically what it's like, you know, and then updating your mock draft as they matriculate through college up until like their junior or senior year. And the thing about the amount of changes that that would happen with that. So I think that's, yeah, it's, it's like, if you're doing this, honestly, it's going to be like really fluid. Like otherwise, like the odds of a prospect being a, a top 50 or just one who's kind of on the scene as a freshman and really staying there just based off of the numbers of prospects that we know, like I'm starting on our 2026 ranking right now. And there's, you know, probably 30, 40 quarterbacks with power five offers already. Like it's really hard to say if those guys are going to be NFL draft picks, which is ultimately kind of like what we judge our rankings against. That's how like the, the metric that we, that we judge. So um, it's like a moving target. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, like, 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 like with, with, I think with ours is like, we're, I think less married to the early rankings and anybody who kind of does this, I think as someone who like puts together the early rankings like we put together the first, we'll put together the first 2026 watch list from any network. And like when I was, for instance, like when I was at 24 seven, I did our first, we were actually ranked the ranked those guys numerically, like one through 100. Um, and I did that one that had like, LT over 10 as the number one prospect in the country. Like Arch Manning was like number four. I put that together. So as like, as like the person who puts that together, you kind of inherently know, like this is like a very far out projection with a extremely small group of the ultimate prospects that you're going to be looking at in, at the end, like for instance, Chris Cole's a great example. Like we, we, we talked about this, Mike, I think like around like February, the amount of guys that emerge is like, I mean, we have, 
dozens of uh, commits every day this time of year. And a lot of them are guys who show up at these Power 5 camps and get offers off their measurables. Tabron so, Benny Powell, for example, Notre Dame guy. So, like – and when you're when you're ranking every FBF every FBS prospect, like you're like inherently playing catch up when it's every single guy. Like Notre Dame's board might be a couple hundred players. Like we're ranking thousands, so it's like, I mean, shoot, Notre Dame's board might be less than a hundred, given you know their like how they like the academic factor and and all that. So like they're they're probably more selective than than your typical like Power Five school that has you know might have two hundred guys on their board if that um so uh yeah it's it's something you definitely juggle and i would say like you know like like relative to like cj Carr, i mean like dante moore was a guy we were lower on last year for most, yeah. for a lot of like i mean he wasn't as low as 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 car is right now but i mean he's a guy who like what he showed at the all-american bowl was so overwhelming like we kind of like it, like it was not hard to make him a five-star so like we're like we're we're certainly like willing and like more than willing, I would say to adjust if, if they give us, if they give us reason. But, um, you know, I, I think some of it is like, I, like this quarterback cycle in 2023 is, is, is not a great one. And for 2023, like, or sorry, 2024, sorry. Yeah. 2023 was very deep, but like, like we're not going to like naturally inflate those guys um, until we have a better picture on who the real top ones are and i think we'll get a lot better picture of that this fall okay all right one more thing for me and i'll throw it over to tim now when i remember talking to you i want to say it was last fall when cj kind of first took that tumble down in the rankings you know we have a decent relationship so you kind of gave me a heads up that hey this is coming brace yourself and i remember you telling me that you watched maybe more of him than like any other quarterback because you really wanted to make sure um, or maybe not make sure it's not, that's not the right phrase, but you just wanted to have, like, yeah. before you did that, you wanted to have some conviction in that. So with that context in mind, like when you watch his game film, like the O line, they look like tight ends. And I, sorry, if, if you're on the Celine offensive line, I, I don't mean to, to throw you under the bus, but like the O line does look small. Yeah. Like, so in CJ seems to run for his life a good bit so I'm, I'm curious i but i also know a lot of competition he plays isn't the greatest mm-hmm. you know like oh you know he, he's out by halftime for most of the game so it has to be difficult to judge quarterbacks based on that because like yeah your offensive line's not great but then like the you know the defenses might not be great either yeah. i mean quarterback and evaluating has to be very difficult i mean Heck, think about Jamarcus Russell, Johnny Manziel, uh, Baker Mayfield. Like, think about some of these quarterbacks who were taken, you know, first round and yeah. they were busts and they had college tape. I mean, you you have, you know, yeah, high school, Northeast stuff. Michigan. Yeah. So, all right, I just threw a lot at you. What, what are some of your thoughts on these things? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think if, if someone had the magic bullet for evaluating quarterbacks, they they'd make a lot of money. They, they might probably would. They might be a billionaire, not a millionaire, right? Yeah. Like, so it's it's really it's very difficult. I think you try to look at that. That's why I really kind of drill down, like on the senior year. There's a lot of commonalities between top NFL draft picks, um, both kind of athletically. There, there's definitely some physical things that are 
in common um, without kind of giving away the secret sauce. Like there's definitely some things I think that are, are commonalities physically, athletically, the athletic profile. There's a pretty strong like multi-sport background deal with, with those guys. A lot of basketball players. I think that has to do with just spatial awareness. Um, and uh, and We lost Charles there for a second. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, yep, there you are, Charles. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I think you, I think you want quarterbacks who tend to improve as, as, as they get better, and also too, like I try to keep tabs on the way the NFL is moving. I think, and I think the NFL is probably moving towards more athletic quarterbacks. Like you look at a guy like Anthony Richardson. Um, you know, we definitely did not have him ranked high enough. He was a guy who, you know, missed half his senior year was not, like you said, like was not at a great high school, but he was 6'4", 220 pounds, and ran a 4'5 flat and had a 10.5-inch hand. Like, there's just so many things about him that going back, you're just like, yeah, we probably should have moved him up even though he wasn't a great high school player. He, there was just so much physical potential. So, and, and, then, and then you have a guy like uh, Bryce Young who is as good of a high school quarterback that I've seen since I've been doing this, and he's 5'10", and is the number one pick in the draft. So uh, there, I think the thing with quarterbacks is they come in, they come in a lot of different shapes and sizes, but the, but, you know, Anthony Richardson is a little bit of an outlier, but generally speaking, even guys like, like your Joe Burrow, Mahomes, Justin Herbert, uh, Deshaun Watson, all those guys were like dominant high school players as seniors, like Justin Herbert snapped his, uh, snapped his leg as a junior, didn't go to any camps, came out as a senior and he's like six six two thirty slinging the ball around and running and extremely productive against like probably average at best competition. And the guy's a, fre- a true freshman starter at Oregon. So um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And it's something that I've like looked at a lot. I probably have studied quarterback and offensive line the most. I think our offensive line rankings have gotten a lot better um, in the industry over the last couple of years. And I guess if you want to talk, I don't know if you want to talk about this Notre Dame offensive line, offensive lineman, I think, like Prescott and Nat maybe slid up a little bit, at least in the position rankings for us. But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I find that the best thing with quarterbacks is you, you probably look at the traits um, and, and a little bit of the performance, the play style as juniors, and you really drill down on the type of player that they're going to be as, as seniors. And um, yeah, like I just to touch on like how much like we watch these guys and the kind of like the process, like I mean, like I was, I said earlier today, like I, I watched every, I watched every play of Arch Manning senior year last year because I, I kind of had the inclination after watching the first couple games that he might not be the number one player in the country. So it's one of those deals where you just want to like really make sure um, that that you're have a good feel for the the, the player. Uh, I do think there is are scenarios where you can maybe watch too much, um, but I just try to have as good enough of a sample on those guys, or like enough reasoning, and make sure I just didn't like catch them on a bad day. Because like sure. a lot of these guys will have bad games, but um, you know most of the good ones don't have. That's pretty rare. Yeah, specifically on CJ with with the offensive line stuff. Charles, any any thoughts on that? Like, how, uh, how you- I, I think I think my biggest takeaway. I mean, I, I know he's under pressure a good bit. My biggest takeaway for, from just watching him in the context of his high school team, there's a lot of it's a lot of quick game. Um, you know, I, I think. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of quick game. And, and the, I think the competition, like you mentioned, Mike is like a pretty wide gap. It's like, it's like really tough team Belleville. or he's out in the, at halftime. So uh, hopefully, like, I like, 
hopefully like that's it's a little like more even keeled this year like I, I that's that's something I think you know that would maybe make it easier on us that's just that's the main thing that's the main thing I, I always say like I just I root for these guys to, to, to make it easy okay and then we had one super chat that I wanted to get to before I throw it over to Tim and Charles I really appreciate your time and I don't want to uh, keep you too long I'm sure today's been a long day Patrick dropped a five spot and said what in your opinion limits CJ and not being a five star is it height um, so I'll kind of add in my own question on, onto Patrick's as well, like what just limits him, not, not just from a five-star, but just in general, or maybe what you want to see during his senior season, you know, mm-hmm. that, that he could bump up. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing is just, is just um, like, like performance in kind of these open, like live situations. Um, I, I like, I think what he shows in like the camp setting or like uh, a close, like on air, setting doesn't necessarily always transfer to when he's playing like live defenses. Like I would, I think he shows like a little more arm strength and, and just conviction confidence in um, those kind of on air camp drill settings. And like, I, I mean, you talk to college coaches who have had CJ Carr in camp and everybody gushes about like the, the pure arm talent. I just want to see that transfer over a little bit more to the live games. And I, I think some of it's like confidence. I think the more he plays, the more confidence he's going to get. Like, like quarterback, like I said earlier, is like it's, it's like performance craft. And I think it's something uh, where like these like live in-game reps are, are really critical um, for for just developing. And it's something where I think I think it's the case in college as well. If you look at if you look at uh, college like. NFL draft picks who have success. I think there's like a pretty strong correlation between how early they played in college and how, how many like pass attempts and just like the experience they had, like a lot of guys who are three and out who are one year starters in the NFL really bottom out by the time they're like on off of their rookie deal. So I, it, it's similar to high school. Like, you know, I, I think like a guy like Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence had so many pass attempts in high school and, and he, by the time he got to Clemson and he, and he also kept getting better, but by the time he got to Clemson, he was ready to like, he was ready to play in like a national yeah. championship game. So um, I think just with these quarterbacks, you want them to be as good as possible before they like matriculate to the next level. So that's why I'm like such a fan of these guys, like playing their senior years, playing as much as possible. Um, and, and, and we'll sort out the rankings, like a, as that happens, like, I, I think it's really, really just important to stress, like, like the, the most important stuff has not happened yet, okay. but we do, we do these rankings like for two years in advance of like the real stuff, which is coming up in a couple months. It sounds like you're kind of like, can we just wait until senior? Yeah, I'm, I'm, ready. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. For, I'm ready for the football season. And I think too, like, you know, it's, it, it I think it adds a little more like parody and variance on, maybe where these guys go because just the evaluation timeline is just so different from knowing, like, I think if you put, I think if you pushed recruiting back to what it used to be when, when they were um, kind of getting offers their senior year, especially like, you know, 30 years ago and and taking official visits in January, um, it would be a deal where I think, I think boards would look a little different um, because we just would have such a better indication of, of really what you're getting. Tim, you got anything for, for Charles? Yeah, a couple hours. But um, <laughs> uh, uh, number one, great, uh, going back uh, uh, to the beginning, is great point on Kenny Minchie. I think people are forgetting because they're so consumed with CJ mm-hmm. Carr 
how good Kenny Minchie is. And, and Steve Angeli. <laughs> yeah, and, and Mike Steve Angeli. We never forget about Steve Angeli. Wait, wait. Charles, did, did I even drill you about Angeli's ranking too? I think. Oh, and Angeli, Angeli number one as well. Okay. All right. Continue, Tim. I'm sorry. Yeah, Angeli's a solid, solid, you know, where he was at. That's just my opinion. But uh, with Mitch, I mean, Mitchie's good and people are forgetting. Yeah. I, lo- I love how you said if he was in this group, he's probably battling for the top five, which I truly believe mm-hmm. he-, he would as well. So that was a great point there. And it's, uh, it's CJ Carr and, you know, look, reading the chat, you see Twitter, everyone just says five-star, five-star, but then compare CJ Carr to last year's five-stars. He's sure doesn't look like those dudes to me. And that's just my humble opinion. I'm a born and raised Notre Dame guy. He doesn't look like the five guys you gave five stars to last year. So people need to relax. I, I you know, chill out. Or if you want to use that term or whatever, because they're, they're just consuming everything off of other people's rankings. And yeah. it's like, who's to say rivals is different. And every week when, when singer and I get on here, we talk rankings and this player, that player, for me, it's like you're one of four, and people need to re- realize that you guys don't all get together in a room and hang out and say, "Hey, I'm going to rank this guy, this guy." Okay, I'm going to do this. No, yeah, all four services, all four head of recruiting guys for all the the big four. Let's just call them. Even go Tom Lemming, who's been doing this forever, have different criteria, and it's like, what is wrong with someone having a different criteria? And that's so you just you know just talk about that for a second. Yeah. And I, I think too, you know, I'm like, I know, I know how 24 seven judges theirs. Cause it's, it's, it's a system that we put in place when, when I was there. Um, but, but I, I can't even really speak to a, the process that everyone uses or, or, or B like really what the, the driver is of their rankings. Like we try to be like pretty transparent and be like, look, like this is based off of NFL draft projection. So I think like if you're, if you're uh, a four-star in the on 300, we're projecting you to be a draft pick. Um, you know, if you're probably 200 to 300, it's a day three comfortably type of draft pick, or that's just kind of like the 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 odds we see you kind of shaking out at. Whereas if you're a, if you're a five-star, that you, we think you have the greatest odds of being a first rounder. So. Uh, I think, I think that's important to, to, to stress, you know, I like, and I, and I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that, that the industry rankings aren't all the same. Like that would be pretty boring. And like, we just would have like less to discuss. And if it was like a major group think situation, um, I like that it's different. I think football is such a, uh, developmental sport with so many different positions and there's so many factors that go into evaluating football players um, that it's, it kind of lends itself to being a lot more volatile with rankings relative to like, fo- like basketball. Um, you know, we're dealing with so many more players. Uh, it's like guys emerge really late. We don't get to see them all in the same, on the same AAU court, like you do in basketball. Um we, we might get to see some of these guys in like national events, all-star games. Like that's really beneficial, but even like the elite 11, the majority of starting NFL quarterbacks were not elite 11 finalists. It's about, I think a third of them were now it's probably a higher hit rate on that in recent years, 
but like Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes all went to Elite 11 regionals and were passed up by the Elite 11 staff to be final finalists. So like being Elite 11 finalists, like the majority of our top quarterback prospects are, but like every year we're going to have guys who were not Elite 11 finalists that were ranked pretty high. And I think those are guys that uh, I think could, could surprise. So it's, it's a really interesting, I mean, something I think about a lot um, and, and try to, figure out, I guess, as we, as we go, just to kind of like the, the um, exposure we have to different prospects. And is that always, is what we're seeing always, you know, the most accurate or kind of how it's going to pan out. And uh, I think the amount of them, the amount that we see these guys too, like it really varies. Like some of these prospects I've seen, I mean, I've seen CJ Carr a ton. I've seen like DJ Lagway a ton. And there's some guys who are national prospects who haven't been to anything. So like the senior year gives us clarity, national all-star games give us clarity. And uh, I think it's all going to like become more, more clear and hopefully more accurate the the further, the further we go out. So uh, yeah. No, no, I was going to say, speaking of that is what's funny is the guy you have, like, I mean, you're talking about guys popping on the scene is, is Miles O'Neill. I, uh, Jim Rudloff, uh, obviously he's, he's gone from Marblehead to Hunt and uh, I coached Jim Rudloff. We went to the state championship in 2009 together. So great, great guy. Yeah. He told me when this guy was a freshman, like Tim, this guy is a freakazoid. He just needs to get noticed. And sure yeah. enough, he's starting to get noticed. So that's just an example of yeah quarterback coming on the scene late and, uh, mm-hmm. I texted a coach earlier and yeah, he had a lot of good things to say about that. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's that's really, that's interesting. You say that, like, I mean, he's, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll continue to, to get more clarity on, on, on Miles O'Neill as well. But like, yeah, I mean, based off the information I have and what I've seen, he has an argument as maybe having the highest upside, at least as a passer of of guys in this cycle. I mean, he is six foot four and a half, two twenty, with a 10 and three eights hand, he has a big arm. I watched like a couple of his games just to kind of see the, t- the type of player he is. I mean, completed like 73% of his passes, accurate, like just a really strong decision maker, like his process a lot. Um, and I think I'm not typically a fan of quarterbacks like transferring. I think you can put yourself in bad situations when you when you do that. But I think he could benefit. I think he might benefit yeah. from the uptick in competition. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's going to help him out. It's it, Rarely would I say that, but with him, I think that I think that's going to help him. So uh, no, I'm, looking forward, I'm looking forward to seeing him at the Hunt School this year. Like he's a guy who I'm going to be following every every week. Two quickies uh, for uh, Mr. Singer is um, uh, first question, and then the last one is just a quick little line one. But uh, when you you know you brought up competition, so let's go to competition, which is Mr. Kingston Asa out of the Trinity League and how he's not in your top 300. So mm-hmm. I'm biased. I'm born and raised. I was born in Long Beach. I'm a SoCal guy. Yeah. Trinity League's the best football in America. I'm going to say it a thousand times it is. So when you're comparing competition to Chris Cole or C.J. Carr in, in Michigan to Asa and what he goes through every single week, there's no cupcakes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just curious on your evaluation of, of Kingston. Yeah, I, I think I think I think Kingston is a really safe prospect. Um, I think I I, t- I agree with you. I think that is like I would put Trinity League. There's 
uh, probably a classification in Texas, a classification in Georgia. Um, yeah, but, but, but on a week to week basis, those, that's probably the best high school football in the country. Um, now I, I think, uh, with, with, with him, you know, you're, you're, he's, he's big. He's not like overly long. Um, I, I think he is like a, like a pure inside linebacker, um, you know, can cover fairly well, um, for, for, for his size. I, I, I'm not sure how he'll stack up athletically long-term or like what, what I see the capacity for, for improvement there. So, um, and that's something we, we factor in a good bit at, at linebacker. It's, I think linebacker is increasingly a measurable position relative to the NFL draft. Um, like I, the example I always use with that is if you look at Georgia's national championship team two years ago, Quay Walker got drafted ahead of Nicobe Dean. If you had told a Georgia fan that that would have happened, they would have said you're crazy. Um, so uh, that's something we factor in. I do, he, he reminds me a little bit of a, um, of a junior, a little, like a little bit. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I think in the right scheme, he, he could be effective. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how he stacks up like athletically and what we kind of deem as the, the upside, uh, but, but definitely a really good player. One thing I think that is kind of interesting that, that uh, kind of tying into a little bit what I was talking about with like those quarterbacks, if I, I went through and, and looked at like the high schools that NFL draft picks come from, like, especially like, like top 100 picks. And it, it is, it is very rare that you see high school teammates, be draft picks and it's particularly like not a pretty picture when you look at these power high schools um like your modern day uh st john bosco img like i think there's the 2019 2020 recruiting cycles for for those three schools there was 33 four stars from those schools and one of them got drafted so it is it is pretty crazy um that the recruiting rankings and in college interest at those programs tend to be so far out of whack with um, how those players are drafted. And I think some of it's like probably exposure bias. Some of it's specialization. There's a lot of factors at play, but um, I just think that's kind of an interesting story, storyline when you talk about like maybe the three most recruited high school programs in the country um, have a hit rate of NFL draft picks that is half of the average three-star prospect. So um, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think I've ever said that publicly, but uh, that's something I think that's, that's really interesting um relative to the uh recruiting attention and just like media attention that those schools get that no that's a great point i mean you just i mean you know using the term overexposure so when we hear modern day and all you know like st john bosco they play and you know, modern day these guys travel we'll go play anyway. those anyone. are those are great they're great teams they're great high school teams. teams that would thump anybody they play and there are guys that are draft picks from those schools. Like, I mean, Bryce Young played at modern day. We have a lot of these guys ranked high. Like we have so many blue chip prospects from them, but I'm just like looking at the numbers on the draft and it is like pretty alarming. How few, how few like four-star prospects, like the five stars we usually hit on, like our hit rate on five stars as the industry um, is very high. Um, those are guys that are like essentially like no brainers for the most part, hopefully. But the hit rate on four stars is really interesting when you kind of look at that. It's the a lot of the four stars that hit are guys who are at high schools that might be a little off the beaten path, and they're ones who are so good that they're pulling college coaches to that school and uh, just to see them, and they aren't like part of a super team because we're seeing more and more of these high school super teams form 
And I think it's, I, I think enough of top prospects will be at these teams. Like Buford and George is a great example. I mean, Mike, this kind of in your backyard, like they have a ton of five stars. It's going to be interesting to see like what the hit rate is on those guys um, kind of moving forward. No, but, uh, it's something that's, that's interesting. And I think, I, I think we, <clears throat> as just media and, re- and guys who cover recruiting, um, it's uh it's it's an interesting thing to think about when the results really do not kind of match up with the amount of attention that we give them. No, I love that. I, lo- I like little research projects. Now you got me thinking to go it's back. That it, it, when, I, when I when I pulled the numbers on that, it caught my yeah. eye. So it's what something I'm I'm watching moving forward to see if it was an anomaly those two recruiting cycles, or we just like mm-hmm. super wrong, or uh, is, is that something that's a trend? No, I like that. Uh, it's interesting. And then real quick is um. You know, I know you have Thompson as the number one offensive tackle, tall, long, you know, the, the young man going to South Carolina. And what's your thoughts on Derby Lambert, who's been my number one must get for Notre Dame for since he got offered. I just absolutely love yeah. him. Hey, Charles, before you, before you go, just to give you a heads up, I, I do like Notre Dame to land him. So just make sure you bump, you, you drop him down, obviously. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, folks. Kidding. Uh, yeah, we, we've been high on, on Garby Lambert for a long time. I think the the first thing that caught my eye with him is just the the combination of like length and movement skills. Um, I mean, we ranked him high as a sophomore, like, and it was a like kind of a far out projection. Um, you know, I, as far as I know, he's like hadn't been to any camps, so he's one that if he's at like a national event, how he looks at that is really going to determine where he ends up in the rankings. Um, you know. A guy who plays you know, Northeast prospects are, are interesting to me to evaluate because it's just they the, like the, the season is a little wonky. They don't, might, might not play as many games. There's maybe not as quite much, quite as much stuff to go through. Um, so I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing more from him, but yeah, man, like big right tackle really like the way he moves. I think he has a lot of translatable skills, um, probably like a little underdeveloped, but um, like you can see right there, like there's like, I went through going through the offensive tackles for this update, just circling back on junior film. Um, and I liked what I saw from him. So uh, I think with, I think with, with coaching and development and Notre Dame obviously has a really strong track record there, yeah. especially in the offensive line. I think he's a guy who, you know, has a really high ceiling based off what we've seen so far, but I'm looking forward to seeing more from him as well. So um, I've, we've always been high on him. Would you put him, uh, just to follow up on that, is where do you put him? Because you gave Jagasaw and Wagner five stars. Where's mm-hmm. your comparison with those two the last couple classes? Yeah, I think I think he's got – I think he's got a little more um, – I think he's – based off what I've seen and know, I think he's probably got a little more like like the, like the stature build length is probably a little better than both of those guys. Jagasaw, I just was like a really like I was just such a fan of Jagasaw's like movement skills and just the like the the balance he played with. You could like kind of just see like that he was like like he's an he was an elite wrestler, but you could like see that in the way he played. Um, we actually we never got to see Jagasaw like play in person, but we kept him as a five star just because we had like some conviction of just off the off the film, and it was like also like not great competition either, but. Um, I, I, I still like, just liked him a lot relative to that offensive tackle group and, and Wagner, that was like a really weird, 
like offensive line cycle. I think if, if you had put Wagner in 2023, he wouldn't have been a five-star. Like a lot of years, maybe like a guy like that, who's more developmental um, would probably be more like a top 50 type of prospect than a five-star. So I think he, I think he probably benefited a little bit from being high in that offensive tackle group relative to that cycle. Um, and last year's offensive line class, I thought was awesome. Like it was like one of the best offensive line classes that I've, evaluated um just a, like every like all those guys had really strong indicators so um this one is i think has pretty good depth but just by virtue of not having seen a ton of these guys in person with the way camp shook out like last year for instance like future 50 under armor's future 50 was rising seniors this year it was um you know like rising like rising junior so we didn't get to see like we didn't get to see anybody like that would have been offensive lineman at that camp so like our exposure to these offensive tackles is probably not as great as it would as it would have been in past years so like that's why we, we don't have a five-star offensive lineman right now because i just didn't want to i would prefer to watch them play at least a couple games before we uh tab them as as five stars instead of kind of maybe making an educated guess in july and having to maybe pull a five-star off just because we were wrong on a guess. So I, I want to see a little more with those offensive linemen, but um, Gary Lambert based off kind of where we have him ranked, like he would be kind of in that striking distance. If he's a guy who really catches our eye, whether it's like on senior film or in person. All right. we got one more thing and we're going to let you go. There's a super chat. If, if you can address this real quick, Charles, uh, a comparison between Aaron Nolan and us. Mm-hmm. I guess we have an Ohio state fan. He says cool pucks. Um, mm-hmm. But a- any thoughts on, on, on this Charles? Yeah, I mean, Aaron Nolan's the most productive high school quarterback in this cycle, and it probably is not close relative to the top quarterbacks. Uh, he's through like 4,095 yards last year, 55 touchdowns, four picks. I think he had like 73% completion, like 13 yards per attempt. Like his stats are off the charts. And that's in, I think, if not the highest class in Georgia, I can't remember, Mike, what what class Langston Houston is in. If, if, like maybe second to highest. It was like pretty good competition. He just like eviscerated everybody he played to the point where like, I think he was a guy who college staffs maybe weren't as high on initially. And his junior year was so dominant, his recruiting kind of almost like looped back around and he kind of, he became a top target. A guy like a guy like Ohio state would land. I mean, Ohio state recruits quarterbacks at a really high level. Um, And uh, so, so I think, I think with him, he as a high school player is the most like, established of all of these top quarterbacks. And that's one thing when you look, when you look at this 2024 quarterback group and you just like, I mean, like I have a spreadsheet where I have everything written out of these guys, it's like every stat category and they're all in like order. Just comparatively to most years, this group is like not that productive. Like I'm not sure we have a quarterback in the top 100, 150 who threw for more than 30 touchdowns other than Aaron Oland. Like it wasn't like, it's not a group that is like putting up gaudy production so that's how he differentiates himself is he's just so productive. Like, I don't think the, the phys, like the arm talent, physical tools are necessarily overwhelming. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen him in person, Mike, but he's, he's, he's good, but it, it's not, it's not a deal like where you, where you see him, it's going to blow you away, but he is such a good high school player. That's, that's how he's different, differentiated himself. And also like very accurate. And, and I think, I think very smart and, and knows where to go with the ball. Yeah, I think I saw him as a freshman. I was like, oh, it was the lefty and he wore number seven. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> going, going for the Michael Vick thing. Exactly. All right. Well, Charles, we have held you a lot longer than I anticipated. Um, 
I blame you for 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 long answers and Tim for asking right. a bunch of questions. That's and I, I like I like talking about it, man. And that's what this is the thing. Like Charles Powers gets so much crap, but I mean, when when you listen to the guy talk, I mean, you learn. I, I like I like hearing from people. And here, here's the from. thing, man. Here's the thing. Like, like I'm trying to learn while we're doing this, and if we make mistakes, like it's something like we go back and study, and uh, and like I, like it's 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 a process. And there's there's guys we there's guys we screw up on every year, and I'm just like trying to make sure we get it right. But I think the thing that I just want to hammer home is like our process. And, you know, if you look at, if you look at our rankings, like if you look at our rankings on Notre Dame guys, there's Notre, there's Notre Dame prospects that we're way higher on than everybody else. It might not be the quarterback who everybody talks about. It might be offensive lineman or it might be a running back uh, like, like in this year. But um, I think, I think the biggest thing to hammer home is like, we're, we're, we're trying to do it fairly and, and we'll try to be as honest as possible and, and not dig our, not dig our heels in, um, you know, to, to the degree that, that maybe people think we do. Well, there you go. So CJ Carr is not locked into his current ranking. He's not locked in. Okay. All right. Charles power. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, Enjoy the week. And I'm sure we'll have you on at some point and we'll, we'll probably talk about the same exact thing um, in a few months, but we'll, we'll definitely check in with you to get your thoughts on, on some of that early uh, senior season footage. Yeah, from Car. sounds good. All right. Thanks, Charles. See Tim, I, I mean, is a sharp guy. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, I, like I said there, I like, I like hearing from people who make me smarter. And I, I feel like I'm smarter from talking to him. So again, like we said earlier in the show, I don't like the CJ car ranking, but I'm not going to lie to you, Tim. That quarterback from Massachusetts, who you asked me about, I'd yeah. never heard his name before. That's that's what I'm. It, it's never heard his name before. So I just feel like some people on like I'm, I'll scroll my notifications um, during the show, um, you know, because I, I I tweeted out like, hey, mm-hmm. we have Charles Power on, and like people are like, the, I mean, he's an idiot. Like, he, he, like those people, I'm just like you. you like, what do you know? Like, how, how like, you you need, like, it's hard for me to take you seriously if, if, if like, your your Twitter existence is just bashing people. Like, you you could disagree with them, but, but like, damn, like, that, that guy knows what he's talking about. He, he, and he said, like, he's wrong on guys all the time. Like, I, I think he is on CJ, but, I mean, like, I, I think we can have a level of respect while also disagreeing with people. No, I agree. And, you know, he – and he talks a lot about new guys popping on, which is the kid from Marblehead. It's like, I've known about that kid for three years. I've been seeing him play and, and whatnot. And I mean, it, it, he's, he's outstanding. So now he's got on the national scene. He got ranked. And now people, oh, my God, who's this you know, guy out of Massachusetts? I don't know. I look at these quarterbacks, Mike, and I've said this. And people may not like it or whatnot, but who are you turning away in the, in, in the top ten? If, if any of these guys wanted to come to Notre Dame – who are you saying, no, nah, you can't play at Notre Dame. Yeah. All these guys can play at Notre Dame. They're all damn good football players. They're yeah. all really good quarterbacks. Notre Dame is getting a good one in CJ Carr. Easy as that. And it's like, I know it's one ranking. People lose their mind. I get it. But Notre Dame, you know, he is the headliner of this class. So and when you listen, and what I like about power or anyone, anyone at any service, whatever it is, if you have a philosophy, if you have a formula and you have – a process on how you do it with his team. You know, he's not in there, you know, by himself eating Cheetos, 
throwing darts at the board. He has a he has a process, and it sounds like he studies it a lot. He's constantly reading. I mean, he threw out data that, that now that I'm I, I love doing research on recruiting. I think it's fascinating, and that's what he's doing. So yeah. I'm a big Trinity League guy, and he just threw out facts like, yeah, it's great football. None of these guys go to the NFL. So that's kind of what how he's evaluating Kingston. Great football player. The first word out of his mouth is safe, and it's very correct. Very yeah. correct. I wanted to ask him why – I've asked him that before, but, like, why – I want to get on the air, like, why they do the NFL draft as, as like, their – so we'll have to say that for a different time because, yeah. like, like, why does that matter, like, what they are, where they're picking the NFL. But where you're picking the NFL is kind of, like – how you do in college and that's what they're basing this off of like how like how do you project in college and how you do in college is how you do in the nfl so it's, it's a lot of projecting yeah the projectability it's projecting the projectability right that's that's words mike come on yeah. um yeah, projecting the town for the next level not how good they necessarily are as high school players. No, I know. And, and I agree. And that's, you know, and I know that's, you know, like when I look at recruits, so, I mean, Kingston's a perfect example. You watch him. I'm like, that dude's a dude. He is a stud when you watch him. And then with Charles, he's like, okay, well he fits into this category. How many Mike backers at his size are getting drafted? And that's his formula. And that's the way they do things. Okay. I mean, it's simple as that, right? I mean, they make, Coca-Cola, you got Pepsi, everyone has different formulas. And at the end of the day, you either like it or you don't, or you, you got to respect it. But it's, it's the Mike Singer term. I, I got to get that on a poster in here. Data point? It's a data point, baby. That's right, baby. It's a data point. A data point. And uh, Notre Dame's got a lot of good football players. We just got to constantly uh, remind ourselves of that. It, it's a great point about, like, at, at least the guy has a process and he's not throwing stuff at a, at a dartboard so you know for the 200 folks who are uh, still with us an hour and a half in thank you you know for a weekday shows is probably the latest we've ever gone so um i i appreciate you guys for like listening and, and you know not just being a a, a a twitter guy who just wants to you know just maybe seen two seconds of cj Carr, just knows he was ranked maybe as a five-star at one point and then uh sees them not ranked a five star and just, you know, yields obscenities. And, you know, this is, you know, how, how dare they, you know, like there's, a, there's a lot more context to this stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Well, Tim, I will let you go. Uh, I gotta, yeah. be up, I gotta be up pretty early, uh, to get on the road. Um, and I'm sure you've got an early morning too. So we will, uh, Kevin says you look wiped. <laughs> uh, Long day when the wife's out for work and a work trip and I got the kids. And like I said, at gymnastics tonight, yeah, I'm ready to go downstairs. I haven't had dinner yet. So I am. Right. Uh, Jay Carr must be reading my text. He says, imagine another surprise that Goolsby pops in. I, I got Goolsby back. No, I'm just kidding. No, no Goolsby tonight. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Goolsby, Goolsby gave that little blurb last night where some guy wanted him to do a questionnaire. He didn't do it. And a guy dropped him in the rankings. So there goes the, the point about – some guys don't like someone, they drop them. So I found that interesting from Mike last night. Yeah. I don't know if uh, Charles is sending out questionnaires. but Yeah, he's, he's not. Well, that's going to do it for this week's Notre Dame Football Show. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. Hit that like button on YouTube if you haven't yet. Leave us a kind of review. If you like the show on, on your podcast platform. And please head to bloomgold.com to check out so much Notre Dame football and recruiting coverage. Appreciate you all. And as always, we will catch you next time.